You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Glenn asked me to, to share the message this morning, and I'm like, okay, I'll say yes, because, you know, I said, Glenn, whatever you wanted me to do, I'll stand with you, I'll support you, and he says, would you preach the message? I'm like, I don't have anything, but I'll say yes, and you know, it's funny with God, because when you say yes, the grace often comes after you say yes, not before, you know, you know, it's not like, not like insurance, you know, where you plan everything out, and then you find the best price, okay, God says, you, you want to do this? Yes, and then he gives you the ability to do it. And then he gave me a message after that. You've got your memory verse meditation, I think, in your uh, in the news newsletter. I'll try not to go too long, but God gave me a message, and the message is titled "Love." It's the yes in your heart. Okay, it's the yes in your heart. Uh, there's the there's the scripture meditation in there, which says, so I give you a new, now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. Amen. That's the, the Passion Translation. Love the Passion Translation. There's another verse in 1 John 4 verse 20. This one's a little bit meatier. I think a bit more confrontive. It says here, if anyone says, I love God, and hates or detests his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this command we have from him, that he who, which we just read from before in John chapter 13, this command we have from him, that he who loves God shall love his brother also. And that was the premise in which God gave me this, this little message, which I love to share with you. My son, Kieran, we were talking just a couple of weeks ago, actually, and um, we were talking about the verse of Scripture which Jesus talks about, which is also in Deuteronomy, which is, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And I was saying, we were saying, how do you do that? Because it's like, that's a big wow, isn't it? And this is where this journey has come from, and I'd like to share that with you. So my first question to you is this. Are you comfortable in love, giving and receiving love? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that's within you. And the second is like it in importance. The second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained within, contained within these commandments to love, you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. Isn't that amazing? Jesus said that. 
And another version, it says, you know, a new commandment I give you, right? Which we just read before. A couple of questions I want to give to you today. How do you know you love God? I heard this. I'm, um, I, I'm a mis- I feel like God's called Diane and I to be missionaries to this country. And we've been sent out, I think it's beautiful, by our missionary pastor who's given up his heart and his life to come and serve and love this nation. I really honor you, Glenn. You've just given so much of yourself and you've released so much into the people around you. And I just pray that um, the, your fruitful ministry is something that God will, will release and, and show you unfold, particularly in 2022. Okay. How, how do you know that you love God? A simple question I heard a missionary, I've been doing this course, like I said, we are missionaries, and we felt God say, do this, there's this course, this missions course through Iris Global. I don't know whether you've heard of Iris Global, but it's run by Heidi and Roland Baker, and, uh, and, and they, and they want to try to impact and release as many missionaries as possible. And so we're doing this course, it's about, I don't know, it's about 200 people who are potential missionaries who want to just run and do what Jesus wants them to do. But um, there was this missionary that was, and we had all these laid down lovers, missionaries talking to us. And the overriding message out of all of them isn't strategy, it isn't, you know, uh, giftings. It's about love. It's just about love. And, and this didn't come from me, it came from one of them. He said, how do you know you love God? You love God by, you lo- by loving your neighbors. And how do you know you love your neighbors? Jesus did this one, by loving your enemies. That's sobering, isn't it? Because we think we love God because we can be so hyper-spiritual. We can just be fasting. We can be praying. We can be doing all that. But we, couldn't, we don't even know the name of our neighbor. So is it translating from this into this? For those who are listening, I'm using vertical gestures, translating the vertical gesture to God to a horizontal love for your, for your neighbors. So how do you know you love God? By loving your neighbors. How do you know you love your neighbors? By loving your enemies. So I'm going to do something which I said I, never, I, I didn't like doing, which is um, God seems to has a great sense of humor. I've got an acronym for you, so hopefully you can remember this. <laughs> love. L-O-V-E, okay? First of all, L. What does it stand for? Living with people. Romans 12.4, in the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined together. Each one contributing to each other. Amen, Amen to that? Yes. You know, this morning I was very impacted. You know, as Aussies, has anyone heard of Bunnings? Yeah. Everybody has heard of Bunnings. We love Bunnings, don't we? You go to Bunnings and you can have everything. They've got concrete, they've got joists, they've got nails, they've got plumbing, they've got taps, sinks, even furniture, okay? And they all contributed to building a house. But can you live in Bunnings? But sometimes I feel like the body of Christ, we have this Bunnings mentality, okay? We have joists and nails and corking guns and whatever else, okay? And we think 
We are part of a, we're now a body and we live in Bunnings. But no, Isaiah 66, your, your, um, your um, school for the new year, okay, dwelling place, Isaiah 66 verse 1 says, heavens are my throne, the earth is my footstool. Who will build me a house? And the thing is that you can't live in Bunnings, but you need the materials from Bunnings to actually be joined together to build a home for God. Okay, so as Christians, we can't just live in Bunnings. We have to build a house. We have to be part of the house of God's dwelling place. Does that make sense? And now, living with people, it's not a gift. You don't just go up to the front, Lord, I need people to pray for me so that I can have, be able to learn to tolerate my neighbors. Okay. It's actually a skill. We all need to learn this skill. All right? You need to learn it and practice it in order to maintain, to remain vibrant and effective for his kingdom. How do you do that? First of all, if you don't have a value, you need a value. Core values are what you live by. So have a value that I don't want to live alone. I need to learn to live and get on, not just get on, but to thrive with my neighbors and even with my enemies. Okay? Jesus talks about it. In the Good Samaritan story, it wasn't the teacher, it wasn't the priest, it was considered the Samaritan, your enemy. Okay? Romans 12, 16 says, Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of one another's worth as you are of your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Oh, Paul, let's not speak too plainly, shall we? So what do we need? We need things like... Um, Submission. We need to have a value for accountability. I'm just going to put some things out there. It's not an exhaustive list, but they're just things that, oh, I don't have that. Then Jesus, give me that. We need value for transparency. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. Never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Romans 12, 9. Okay? Communicate, the ability to be able to communicate with each other. Because you might, I might say to Glenn, Pastor Glenn, I love him. But if I don't show him by communicating it, then I'm not loving him. Okay? So these are the skills we need to have to be able to live with people. So L stands for living with people. Now, this is interesting because we're talking about the love of God. And God said, oh, and I said to the Lord, I want to talk about your love. And he says, oh, this is the aspect I want you to come from. And so it's like, I, I apologize if I'm offending anybody. I hope I'm not. I'm really just wanting you to know a different aspect of what it is to love God. Secondly, O. O stands for own your actions in order to overcome them. Own your actions in order to overcome them. Does love own you or does something else own you? I have, um, I preached a sermon once, a long time ago. I love 1 Samuel chapter 17, David and Goliath's story. Yeah, I, I love puns, I know, dad jokes. Uh, and the title of the sermon was, in order to get ahead, 
you need to slay a giant. I still love that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Thanks. See, dad joked you meant to get groans. <laughs> anyway, O stands for own your actions in order to overcome them. Let's have a look at 1 Samuel 17. Are you going, my question to you is this. Are you going to serve your giants and let them stop you from truly loving? Or are you going to overcome them? Are you fighting? A giant could be anything that is in charge of you, that you're a slave of. Are you fearing or are you faith-filled? Are you judging or blaming or hating or are you loving? Realize that in this, and I'll, go, I'll just read bits of 1 Samuel 17. Verse 1, it says, The Philistines drew up their troops for battle. I know. I'm using this to describe the situation of love, okay? So from that framework, we're going to look at this passage. The Philistines drew their troops for battle. So this, God says in regards to love, is a battle territory for your heart. Is it, the giants are not going to sit still, okay? They're coming after you. So the Philistines drew up the, battles, the troops for battle. The battle is over your heart. And the Goliath was nearly 10 feet tall. And verse 9, Goliath says, If I get the upper hand and I kill the person that you choose to fight me, you'll all become my slaves, our slaves, and serve us. That's why I asked, will you let the giants, would you serve the giants or will you overcome them? And verse 15 was an interesting one. David, it says, David went back and forth from attending to Saul to tending to his father's sheep in Bethlehem. So he was serving. He was serving. It's interesting. What was the first act David did after he was anointed as king? Does anybody know? Yay! The fast. Yeah, he tended his sheep. He did for 14, 18 years. I can't remember how long. Glenn will know. Okay, before he actually became a king. But he, the first act was that he tended his sheep. So David was back and forth serving. And then in verse 17, the Lord gave me this. He said, Jesse, who is David's father, told David to his, his son, take this sack of cracked wheat and those 10 loaves of bread, run them to your brothers in the camp, and take these 10 wedges of cheese for the captain of the division, check in on your brothers to see whether they are getting along all right. And the Lord said this to me. He heard from his father, and then he served. He heard from his father, and then he served. Okay? And it's a, it's a model for us. We go to the Lord, and he'll say, do this. And then what do you do? In love, you serve. You serve. And there is, at verse 24, the Israelites to a man fell back the moment they saw the giant. New fighting position, totally frightened. Okay? And giants make you hide. What giants do is they steal your identity from you. Fear is not your identity. Crankiness is not your identity. <laughs> Criticism is not your identity. Okay? But when they come out, they can overshadow who you really are. Okay? Like the brothers, they were hiding. Okay, and then David listens to this whole scenario that's unfolding before him 
while he was serving. Okay? While he was serving, the giant exposed, was exposed. He was there. And we were just saying this morning, uh, if one of our missions teachers, his name is David Wagner, he's a prophet, and he was um, saying that this is God's taking us. He, he deals with the church first before he deals with the world. That he's, he's, this is a season of exposure. He will expose our heart. But don't be afraid. That's not the end of the story. That's only halfway through. He hears Goliath send out this challenge. And we know that, you know, anyway, the, the, the story about the brothers trying to put him down and all that. And then David says, says an incredible thing in verse 34. He says, I've been a shepherd. I've been tending sheep for my father. Whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it, knock it down, rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat, wring its neck and kill it. Lion or bear, it made no difference. I killed it. That's a testimony. Okay? Do you have testimonies about the love of God and the presence of God in your life overcoming the giants? You need it. Okay? But this has become David's testimonies bore forth from him. It became his identity. Okay? So we don't serve God. We don't love people for love. We love people from love. Okay? We come from a place of knowing that we're loved, we're worthy, even before we did anything. You know, for 16 years, Diane, I've been going on the road. I have my background. There's, um, I, have, I was brought up in performance. I was brought up with, you know, um, if I got 99%, my dad would say, not that I bless him, he's a great man of God. You know, where did you lose that 1%? You know, it's the thing that we looked at. Okay, so I was like, everything was performance. So when I served Jesus, God really exposed that huge giant in my life. Because, oh no, nobody got saved, or oh, this is that, you know, nothing happened, or whatever. And God had to really expose and say, are you going to serve from that place? Or are you going to serve from the place of knowing that I loved you? And I sent you because I loved you. I sent you because you are, you are my beloved. Okay? And so David says this. He, he grabs the lion and the bear and he says, no, nah, the Goliath, you're coming down. But you're not coming down by my ability. He says... You come at me with sword and spear and battle axe. I come at you in the name of, uh, this is the message version, God of the angel armies, the Lord God Jehovah. And so what we need to do is get rid of our pride and let God help you. Okay? You are part of God's troops. You are his soldiers. You are his delight. You are the apple of his eye. He loves you. And you do not come. You do not serve You do not in order to get something. You do not serve so that people will love you. You, you serve because you know your love. You're coming from that place. You're not going somewhere and doing something in order to get identity. You're going somewhere because you have identity already. That's all of you, including the kids, okay? Don't feel like intimidated, like, I, I don't know what to do. You've got friends who don't know Jesus. You know, you've got friends who live in, in environments where they don't know what it is to be loved, what it is to be kind, what it is to have kindness, to have mercy. And, and there's so much that you already have in God. Okay. So, the first thing, O stands for own your actions in order to overcome them. What does that mean? It means that David didn't say, 
all right, okay, King Saul, you defeat Goliath. He took it on himself. He said, no, how dare this person stand here? He uses other words. Yeah, but he took it on himself. He said, no, you're coming against God, therefore you're coming against me. And I'm taking ownership of this. So what I'm saying in this is when you get unhappy, it's usually for a very good reason. Okay? But don't go blaming this person or blaming that situation. Say, okay, God, what's in me that is creating this thing that is making it unhappy and this disconnect from you? Because all I want to do is whop this person in the head rather than, okay, I need that grace. I need that connection. What's breaking the connection? And the connection that's broken isn't usually somebody else's fault. Okay? Own it and defeat it in him. Okay so far? Live, L stands for live with people. O stands for own your actions in order to overcome them. Not by your own strength. Remember, David came in the name of the Lord. So in God, you can defeat this. And God exposes these giants, just as an aside, not because He doesn't love us, but because He loves us. Okay? V stands for, yeah. And the other thing about owning it is that when you say, like I said at the beginning, when you say yes to God is when He gives you the grace for it. Okay? So I want to challenge all of you to just, in your heart now, just Holy Spirit, speak to us, Lord. And just, Lord... Expose my heart. I, I love it. Like it says in, in Psalm 51. Try me and know my heart, Lord. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me on a path everlasting. Lord, that you would just expose our hearts and you give us the courage like David did. Not like his brothers who hid behind rocks, Lord. But like David who knew that he couldn't do it because he was just a shepherd boy of 15 or 16. Lord, but he knew the person who could. And he knew the person who had anointed him. Just as right now, I'll pray in Jesus' name, in the Spirit, that you would, every person here would know the presence of your anointing fall on them, Lord. That your presence is with them. Right now, there's nothing you give us that you put us through that you don't already know, that you won't help us through it, because you will. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Loving people is overcoming your giants in order to radically love. You hear from your father, and then you go and serve your brothers, okay? V stands for volunteer. It doesn't matter how little faith or love you have. That's not the point. Remember, it's not about your strength. It's about his strength. That's what the title meant. Have a good yes inside you. Imagine living a life where you have no no to God. God challenged me that a long time ago, and I've failed him many times. And in his grace and his mercy, he's picked me up. But the number of times he'll say, go do this. And I'm like, yes, God. And I'm going, and I'm like, I'm terrified. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> and God always does something. You know, Inglewood was flooded uh, just last week. And it just reminded me of Patrick, different Patrick, whom um, God said, bring a pair of shoes on your trip. Like, yes, Jesus, I'll bring my pair of shoes. Why am I bringing a pair of shoes? And in Inglewood, this dear man who was a Muslim, French, Algerian, ex-military fellow who just had a huge 
argument with a Christian in a park. <laughs> and he was there, and he was walking, and God says, through Diane, dear, bless Diane, she's my greatest challenge person who stretches my faith unbelievably. I feel God says, those shoes are for this man. So I'm like, yes, Jesus. And I'm out of the car before I'm going, what am I going to say to this man? And anyway, God says, I'm going to give you the word. So I go to him and I say, it was a pair of rock ports. People who don't, sorry for people who know the story, people who don't. And I said, here's, hi, I'm a stranger. I'm just passing by. But uh, I have a very strange question to ask you. I had the pair of shoes in my hand. I had the yes, okay? Uh, here's a, a very strange question. Do you need a new pair of shoes? And he just started jumping up and down. He started jumping up and down. And he's like, look at my shoes. And he, he, he just sat on the ground, put his feet up, he, and, he said, and it was full of holes. And he said, I need a new pair of shoes. And look at the brand of my shoes. They were a pair of rock ports. And, uh, and, and he said, I, I don't have a car. I can't drive. I walk everywhere. And just last night, um, someone, a friend's internet, I was just looking on eBay trying to find a pair of rock ports that I could afford. And, and I said, here's a pair of rock ports. <laughs> and he was like jumping up and down. And then I said, before you get too excited, because I didn't have any faith, I said, how about you put the shoes on and try it on? See if it fits you. Because if it doesn't fit you, it's like, no point, you know? Whoa, whoa, whoa whoopee, whoopee. You know, I'm a size 11 and you're a size 9. But f thankfully, <laughs> he put it on and he was, then he started jumping up even more because it was the perfect fit for him. Wow. That Jesus had thought of him before we had even gone on a trip. And he said to bring a pair of, the pair of shoes. And I'm like, that's the silliest thing, you know? That was pizza last night, I probably, you know? But it was the Lord. So when, God said, when you say yes to God, you don't ever know what God's going to do. And then he gave his life to Jesus. Wasn't that a lovely thing? Yeah. And he said to me, Dan, I said, uh, I want to give you a little card just to, so you can remember this by, you know, like, and he says, don't you think that uh, this whole thing will, is, will, I would never forget this? Uh, and and, and um, he said, you know, if you told me you're a Christian, I wouldn't have listened to you because he just had a fight with a Christian in the past. <laughs> but God used a pair of shoes. Isn't God wonderful? Yeah. Okay. And someone once said, you know, Heidi Baker, woman of great faith, right? And someone who was very intimate with Heidi, you'd say, Heidi would tell you that she doesn't have great faith, but she's got a big yes to God inside her heart. So I want to say volunteer. Okay. Let me put it another way. This is a scripture I've never often understood. There's a scripture that says, many are called, few are chosen, right? Okay. Imagine that, I mean, Ushi and Davina were just in this situation recently, moving house. I was thinking, I've got to move house this weekend. Um, I can't do it by myself. Is there anybody here who can help me? Uh, if you can, put your hand up, okay? Oh, oh, Patrick's put his hand up. Okay, right. Now, I've just called everybody. Patrick's put his hand up. I'll choose him. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay, so God calls all of us. God's, Jesus said, go, and not in the word I challenge you, would you ever hear that he actually said stop? Okay, so have a good yes in your heart, yeah, amen. and you never know what God's going to do. Yeah. What if I fail? What if I didn't hear him right? So what? 
there's another giant that God wants to defeat inside you, call embarrassment. <laughs> right? And we all suffer from that. Yeah. I've been doing this 16 years. I still suffer from that. But you know what? All the precious jewels that he's given me as a result of saying yes yeah. has, has enlarged my heart and has brought such a great intimate relationship with Jesus that I would not give it up for the world. Okay, nearly there. Sorry if I'm going so long. Um, E, express it. Express it. Love. Be intentional with your love. This version of the Passion really, really impacted me. John, one, uh, John, the book of John, talks about Jesus being the Word. And the word that's used, the, the, the translation in the Passion Translation is the living expression. Isn't it beautiful? So Jesus is God's story. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, I think it's wonderful. Jesus is living expression of God. 1 John 3.18 says, Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, because of this, encourage the hearts of your fellow believers and support one another, just as you have already been doing. Ephesians 4.32, but instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. That's a really important thing there. You can't give something you don't have. Okay? So realizing God's given you something, forgiveness, then I can give it away. Okay, Father says to David, go serve. Then he took what Father gave him to give, and he gave it away. And in that process, God did amazing things. In conclusion, one Corinthians, we're talking about the love of God and God's love. Can't go past one Corinthians thirteen. But the scripture I want to bring out is this one, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke about childish things. For I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. And he's talking about love. He's talking at the end of it, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of this is love. This is not a small thing. This is the thing that has and will defeat the enemy. It is not clever governments, good governments. It's not clever strategies. It's about the love in your heart because that's where the kingdom of God is. God's kingdom. We cannot say we love God if we hate our brother. Okay, so it translates into this. You cannot help but be in love, in love and loving. The love of God The love of God compels us. So I want to I just leave it at that and say, okay, first of all, the word love stands for living with each other, living with people. It's not a gift. It's a skill we have to learn. And in order to learn it, we have to first of all say, okay, yeah, I can't do it. God, you'll have to teach me. So things like um, all the things like, Submission, accountability, transparency, ability to communicate, that love.
L. O stands for owning, owning your own heart in order to overcome the giants. Like David, he didn't see Goliath as somebody else's problem. He saw it as his problem before God. Okay, God wants to help you overcome fear. God wants to help you overcome weaknesses, even illnesses. Diane has so many challenges with her disabilities, but yet she has a huge, she's got a bigger yes in her heart than I do. Okay, and when God turns up, God gives her the ability to be able to do it, like David with the five stones slaying Goliath. Oh, V, volunteer, have a good yes in your heart. Stand up and say, yes, God. Yes, every time. That's huge. And that could be the challenge of the, the end of the year for you. It's just as, a, as an assignment, go to God and say, okay, God, I don't know whether I could have an unreserved yes in my heart. It's just like me saying to you, that bothersome Daniel person, imagine a life without fear. Oh, but, you know, it comes by, by saying yes, because the perfect love of God will crash into your heart, and it's the perfect love of God that drives away fear. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And E, express it. Don't keep it to yourself. You know, there's a movie I saw, which is just, it's a, it's a teenage movie. I love, I, I think it's funny. It's called Band Slam. And this girl drives, and she's a terrible driver. Not all teenage people are terrible drivers, but anyway. And she doesn't indicate. And the guy is terrified, the passenger, and the next guy says, you know, she's screeching the car, and she doesn't indicate. And he says, you know, every now and then it's good if you indicate to tell people what you're doing. And she says, I don't want other people to know my business. (laughs) And he says, it's not a privacy issue. And it's like, same with love. It's not a privacy issue, okay? God's filled your heart with love. Express it, okay? Express it. Thank you, Jesus. How about we pray? Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that um, you, we love because you first loved us. You don't ask us, require us to do something that we can do without you first doing it. And I think, Lord, about the big yes. And I can just imagine that conversation before time began and the Father saying, who is going to go? Who is going to go to die for my people to bring them back to me? And Jesus said the biggest yes ever. And Jesus, you're like the forerunner. And because you said it, Lord, we know that because you live inside us, that you put that yes inside all of us. Not to, do, not to bring millions of people to Jesus, not to save nations who don't know you, but just to love that one in front of us, next to us. Lord, we say yes. Right now, as we heads about, Lord, first of all, I want to ask, is there anyone here who wants to, who wants to, who don't know the love of God, who don't know what I'm talking about, thinking there's this crazy man on the front jumping up and down. If you, if you don't know the love of Jesus and you don't know Jesus, then I, we'd love to pray for you and we'd love to help you come to know Jesus in your heart. So if there's anyone like that here, don't be afraid. That giant's going down, fear. Okay? 
I want to give you an invitation to put your hand up. Everyone's eyes are closed so that I can help you. We can help you with, with, with knowing what it is to be loved by the one where love never fades or goes away. Is there anyone like that here? And kids, you qualify too. Bless you guys. So Lord, right now too, I want to pray, Holy Spirit, as our eyes are closed and heads are bowed, that you start to speak to us and you've probably already been speaking to our hearts, Lord. Lord, we want the giants to be coming down. We want to have testimonies of your love. Bring to remembrance too the times in our past where you've done the most incredible things in our lives or you've just been there loving us. Help us to remember and be thankful for that, Lord. Lord, if there are any giants, Lord, that you would just expose and just share that with us right now, Lord. Because, Lord God, coming to Christmas, we want the giants to be coming down. Because we want to be known not for our abilities, our intelligence, but we want to be known for love. Because that's how the world will see and recognize the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for this time, Lord. And I just pray that you minister your love, that warm cuddles, that warm supernatural ability in Jesus' name to mend every broken heart right now in Jesus' name. Mend every broken body. I just command the, 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 the love of God and the power of God to be released in Jesus' name, the life of God to be released in every blessed person here in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If anybody wants prayer, you don't have to. But if anybody wants Glenn or I to pray for you, you're more than welcome to come forward. Um, yeah, I'll just open this time now for you all to...